Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my name's Dominic Ponsford, and welcome to The Future of Media Explained. This week, we're going to be learning all about TikTok. So welcome to the podcast and uh, to find out a little bit more about TikTok, uh, this week I'm joined by one of Press Gazette's reporters, Andrew Kersley. Hi Andrew. Hi, good to be on. Good to have you Andrew. So TikTok, I don't know much about it to be honest. I I got into it in a small way during lockdown, so my daughter was very into it and we uh, the, we did a few dances on there which you, which you can find if you, uh, if you if you dig deep on TikTok, you find me and my daughter doing some TikTok dances. I've tried to look at it and to be honest it makes my brain fry a little bit it's not i don't think it's aimed at 40 something men yeah i think you'd be right in guessing that i think the main thing is you're not the only one who feels somewhat brain fried by it i think anytime you have a conversation about tiktok and start talking about how tiktok works and news just a lot of people not knowing necessarily what's going on and kind of knowing it's popular but not really knowing anything more than that We've been writing about it a bit more on Press Gazette, I think, over the last few months. It feels like publishers like me have got to the stage where they can't ignore it anymore, and uh, some people are going into it in a fairly big way. But So let's just uh, go back to the beginning or a, a little bit. Just what, what is TikTok? How is it different from other social media platforms? Yeah, well, I mean, if we're going all the way back to the beginning, TikTok was launched back in 2018. It's probably the youngest major social media app out there. didn't really reach prominence until it merged with a different app called Musical.ly a year later, which was generally as a lot of TikTok content is caricatured to be, dances and kind of to a background of music. So that's what sets it apart from most other apps. It's not text-based, it's all video. You tend to do videos with a background song or, or sound that you've downloaded. Those are often what goes viral over different content. And, you know, initially that was kind of what it was. But but over time it's changed somewhat. The length of videos has moved up from like 30 seconds to up to 10 minutes. And the number of people and the type of content on there has skyrocketed. And, I, and, I, and from my TikTok days a couple of years ago, I do remember there's, there's a lot of um, uh, technical widgets on there, aren't there? So there's lots of filters and special effects. It's quite powerful, isn't it, uh, the computing behind it? Well, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's so powerful. It's, it's famously often said that the algorithm that helps determine what is recommended to people on the For You page, which is like the front window for anyone using the app, is so shady, actually fewer than just a handful of people in, in bike dances offices in China actually understand it. It has probably got one of the most complicated algorithms and the widest selection of features comparable to, you know, any kind of similar app, you know, video-based apps out there. It kind of leaves a lot of them in its wake, to be honest. 
So it's not yet up there, is it, with Facebook and Twitter in terms of popularity, is it? But it's not far off it. So where, where does it stand in the public? Well, so, so, so it's eclipsed Twitter. It's, it's, it's sometimes easy, I think, to, to forget that, that Twitter um, is very popular in, in, among us journalists, but, but doesn't tend to have the biggest following in the world. But I mean, it's, it's miles oh, from... I, I literally just did forget that. But yeah, but Facebook literally, I mean, eclipses it by a huge margin. If you talk daily active users, you know, people who log in every day and use this app, which is what is like the, uh, you know, the the chunk of gold for a prospecting kind of social media company. Facebook has just short of 2 billion. That figure is going down though. So TikTok, and they're a little shady about the figures they release, but we understand it to be higher than 1 billion worldwide. The big difference is theirs is going up. And it looks like at the pace it's going up, they will eclipse Facebook at some point if the following, if the current trends keep going. And so there is a real chance that it ends up being the social media platform in the world at some point in the not too distant future. I mean, at the moment, it's probably fair to say it's not that big for news, is it? I think if you actually go on to um, join TikTok and it asks you what you're interested in, I don't think news is even one of the things one of the things it offers. But yet, I know people come across a lot of news on there because my daughter, who's 13, is oh, telling me about the Ouija's or various issues or the uh, debt libel case. She has strong views on that, which she gets from TikTok. You can only imagine what they were. How important is it for news? I know there's some recent stats on this, weren't there? Well, so it's, it's a really interesting one, right? Because, like, historically, it had news content, but it was kind of stuff that filtered down the grapevine. So it'd be like someone doing uh, a reaction to a court case, but it wouldn't be like a newspaper doing that coverage, right? The issue is what's... And, and you know, the direct news to, you know, viewers pipeline on TikTok was non-existent. I mean, you could count the number of prominent journalists or outlets on one hand. And frankly, that would normally just be one, the Washington Post, right, historically. I was speaking to some people who run Sky's TikTok team, and they said they once met the ByteDance executives, and they said, we don't want news content on this platform. We want this to be a happy platform, and news is not happy, which, you know, should take a while to think about that. I think what something really shifted, though, at the start of this year. Loads of loads and loads of news channels that had posted five-figure followings compared to the kind of multi-million seen by influencers on the on the platform shot up during the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Frequently by six figures, it was comfortable for many accounts. Many have now jumped over the a million mark in the UK. Sky News, the Daily Mail, Vice, and the list goes on and on, really. Even smaller publishers are getting pretty big followings on it. And no one's entirely sure why we just we kind of know that the ukraine war kick-started it but they've seen continued growth as interest in the war has faded and uh, interest in lots of other topics it seems like almost it kick-started the algorithm to actually accept that news is something allowable on tiktok vice world news seem to be doing well at this don't they see they're doing something right and you spoke to nabia parker from vice to find out a bit more so what do what why did you uh why did you get why did you approach her well, so i could have picked any number of outlets that have seen a huge, huge rise in, in their following. What, what struck me about Vice World News is not only has it reached a 1.5 million follower count starting on 100,000 before the Russian-Ukraine war, but it also sees much higher engagement on almost every video it posts. Unlike a lot of others where they'll have single viral moments, these were consistently in the tens and hundreds of thousands of people watching every video they post. And so that really struck me as interesting. They also do such a very diverse range of content in terms of a lot of personal to camera pieces, frontline reporting, explainers, the list goes on and on. And I guess if you want to find out what's going on with TikTok and the best content to use, they seem like there was no one better in the world. But I started by asking them a little bit about how they managed to grow at the rate they did.
it is amazing to see the growth that we've been able to see on the Vice World News account. And it just shows that there is so much appetite for news on the platform and for news to be told that is more bespoke to TikTok and isn't it's an alternative to traditional media broadcasts. But I think there's like there's so many things that could contribute to it. So for example, Vice have really committed to social first elements to stories, whether that's pieces that are being written up for the web for reporters and editors to have in mind, okay, what's going to be the social element that goes along with this story to correspondents and reporters being deployed around the world as well. If they are going to be doing Mm. a report and they're in a different part of the world, what's the social element? What's going to be possible to gather for vertical video? But also on platforms like this, consistency is so important. So having regular upload schedules, knowing that you've got two or three videos going out a day or having at least a consistent plan to what's being uploaded is what a lot of platforms attribute to seeing big growth. And it's really interesting there to to hear you talk about bespoke content in particular. A lot of outlets producing TikTok content often reproduce, say, uh, new segments they filmed or do maybe virgin to, to simple explainers. It'd be great to hear from you what kind of content and unique content publishers can actually make on TikTok if they so wish. For the Vice World News account, I'd say almost every video is bespoke to be a TikTok video. We don't just put up a video that's gone out on TV or gone out on YouTube. It It is always reversioned in a way that's thinking about TikTok first. So whether that means editing uh, much tighter or whether it means getting a presenter to have it as an explainer fo- focused video, it's always... The, the TikTok video is always thought of to be specific for that platform and what's going to work for that platform. And I think that's really important because it has to look native, right? That's the whole point of TikTok yeah. is that it doesn't look like TV, that it doesn't look like other social platforms, that it looks very specific to the platform. And that's what I've tried to do in my own videos. And that's what colleagues of mine that work with me on the TikTok account are trying to do is to make sure that this content fits seamlessly into the For You page that is most likely where audiences are going to find us. And it's not always the easiest thing to do, but by having a video that is, for example, a really strong personal case study talking directly to a camera or an explainer that is on the same level as as somebody, as the audience and having a news story being explained in a more casual, informal way. These types of different formats help build that relationship with a different audience, um, a younger audience, an audience that, isn't coming to TikTok specifically for news. It's really fascinating to hear that. Obviously, at the Society of Editors event, uh, where I first heard you speak about TikTok, you you mentioned the phrase you used was that Vice uh, and you approach content by using like a creator brain rather than a like kind of news journalist brain. Mm. It'd be interesting to hear, like, do do you think a lot of outlets struggle to kind of understand that divide, to, to channel their creator brain? when making content for socials like TikTok? Yeah, I don't think outlets, um, other news outlets are necessarily thinking in the same way of having content created from the mindset of a content creator rather than from the mindset of a journalist or a news reporter. And that's where I think Vice content really stands out. So 
the way that I will frame my scripts or my explainers is because I consume a lot of content on the platform that is not news related in any way, shape or form. It's my favorite content creators. It's my friends. It's trending videos that just so happen to be on my For You page. So when I'm putting together a script, that's exactly what I'm thinking about. So for example, if I am writing a script that has a long list of countries that I've got to include, traditional news outlets might have the reporter say those countries and they'll just appear in the subtitles. But for me, what I've done is I will turn that list into something that looks native to TikTok. So whether that means that I'm framing myself to the side of the screen and I've got those countries popping up as a list and I'm thinking about what font I'm going to use and what format that text is going to make so that it looks and feels natural to the platform that you would see a content creator using for a trending video, then that's what I would do to make that news video stand out a bit more and make it look even more natural to be popping up on people's feeds. It's through me consuming more content on the platform, I know what looks authentic to the platform and I can spot trends that are being used by creators and adapt that so that it's appropriate for news content and news stories. Yeah, and it's fascinating hearing that because obviously, historically, the presence of news channels on TikTok was, you know, the Washington Post guy, and maybe that was it a few years ago. Now, not just Vice, but countless other news publishers have over a million followers and often get massively viral content. What do you think's changed about the app that's allowed that explosion? I've seen different news outlets experiment with TikTok in a different way, which I think is great because audiences don't want all news outlets to be looking the same and sounding the same. For Vice, what is really great is we try to get as close to what the audience wants to see as possible. And I work on the social team and we will have conversations about whether a video works as a first person explainer or whether it's better that we put together B-roll or whether it's better that we use a correspondent exactly on the ground and, you know, have them tell the story because they are there and they're in the field. And I think experimenting is is what's really important. I mean, TikTok changes its features on an extremely regular basis. It went from 30 second videos to 60 second videos to 90. You can now do up to kind of 10 minute videos. Making sure that you're staying up to date with TikTok's new features is important. But having the the ability to create longer videos definitely helps. We tend to stick to the 60 second mark because overall across the platform engagement typically is on the shorter end of the scale it is around the 10 second 20 second 30 second mark so the longer the video that you create the more risk that you have of people dropping off and that's just because that's not specific to news that's just across the platform but the ability to to make sure that if you are explaining a complex news story for example when i did an explainer on what the taliban's new dress code means for afghan women not being restricted to just having 60 seconds is helpful because as a news organization, sometimes there are extra bits of context and extra detail that you want to put in and it just helps having that flexibility. So I think having longer videos is definitely helping. And I think having pages that are dedicated to news already doing well is just showing the industry that there is that need. And it's also showing TikTok as a platform that audiences want to see more of this. And essentially, those two things are going to help pages grow because they work simultaneously. Yeah, and it's really interesting kind of hearing about that. And obviously, the kind of one minute mark maybe being key for engagement, kind of looking at a lot of news publishers, while many have high follower counts, Vice actually surpasses a lot of those with the same follower count in terms of engagement, like on every single post. How hard is that to maintain given the algorithm on TikTok is so infamously mysterious that no one, even those working at TikTok, seem to know how it works completely. 
Yeah, I mean, Viasaur News is probably one of the most followed news accounts. So there is that level of we know that the audience want more news content from us. So the way that we produce that content is to make sure that it's relevant, that it's consistent, and that it is authentic to TikTok. And that just comes with constantly thinking of ideas and constantly reading around the news and reading and hearing what people are saying. And it's not just necessarily news stories, it's just what's trending around the world. So for example, one of my recent explainers that went up was about Sidhu Musewala, who was shot dead in India. And he was a really prominent person in the music industry, not just in India, but globally. And that wasn't necessarily a story that other news outlets were covering on social media. It might have been covered on more traditional news platforms. But I spotted a gap in that market of seeing no one's explaining this story fully for younger audiences who are not going to traditional media. They are consuming their news on social media alone. And that was one of the videos that has performed really well for us and had really high engagement. It's around 2 million views. And that just shows that there is this audience that is outside of the traditional news bubble that isn't consuming what other outlets are putting out and that social media and I guess TikTok specifically is a really important place to be engaging with those audiences. I think it's so fascinating to know that the kind of content you cover almost has to be as tailored to TikTok as the method of covering it, like the Um, videos and the topics have to be speaking to the audience that is on TikTok. Having a tone that is talking to the audience is really important because I think traditionally TV news reports can sometimes feel like you're being talked at rather than talked to. It's something that I bear in mind with scripts that I, when I'm producing videos with other colleagues, I reiterate as well that the chatty, more chatty and informal the report on TikTok is, the the more chance you have of engaging those audiences because you have to remember that on TikTok, a lot of audiences are coming across Vice content because it's popping up on their For You page. And on their For You page, they've got their friends, they've got their family, they've got the content creators that they like. So by fitting in seamlessly with that algorithm, that's what's going to drive more engagement because it's not going to be as standout as, oh, look, here's a repackaged TV report that's just been put on TikTok. It's actually, this is a bespoke TikTok explainer that is about a news story. From the New Statesman comes a new podcast, Audio Long Reads. The best of our reported features and essays read aloud. Songs are like tattoos, Mitchell said, on Blue. Having one written about you is immortality and fiction rolled into one. Featuring writing from our authors, including Kate Mossman on Joni Mitchell's former muse and lover, Jeremy Cliff on his journey through France before this year's presidential election, and Sophie McBain on the refugee crisis. Don't die, he kept shouting. He didn't answer when Mardwe screamed back, Who is dying? Ease into the weekend with our audio long reads, published every Saturday morning. Just search Audio Long Reads wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'd be curious to get in the nitty gritty what types of content you found do particularly well. Obviously, you've mentioned topics themselves mm-hmm. and finding the right ones, but I, the, the types of content people do from explainers to first person reporting to that traditional news desk style reporting to a bunch of social video to the options are endless. But what have what have Vice found in terms of formats that have particularly worked or do all of them work just depending on how you do them? They definitely don't all work. There's always a bit of trial and error that's involved. But over the last few months, there are a couple of particular formats that have worked for us at Vice World News. We have the first person explainers, which I've produced a couple myself, which have reached the hundreds of thousands of views to my most highest performing one reached over 15 million views. So those do particularly well for us. And I think they do well because they break down a news story that traditionally you'd see written in text or you'd be seeing TV reports on, but it it's broken down in a way that's a lot more conversational and a lot more chatty and brings you that added context that as an audience viewer, you possibly need someone to take or strip things back to basics when it comes to a new story. So first person explainers have done well for us. And we've had a couple get close to that million mark of views or go over that. Another format that's done well for us is emotional first person stories. We had a video that was done recently in collaboration with our colleagues in the US that was of a a victim of a school shooting, telling his story, explaining what had happened to him. That kind of hit over 2 million views and is really moving. It's an emotional storytelling experience that we see that style of video has done well for us too. And then the other thing that's done well for us is the on the ground reporting. So when we have reporters that are in Jerusalem, for example, and we have them recording selfie videos in the middle of action, in the middle of protests, whatever the situation might be, 
having that on the ground presence is something that we've seen on our page that audiences really like to see that immediate kind of perspective from reporters on the ground. So yeah, that can be anything from Jerusalem to Ukraine, where we saw a lot of high engagement because we had reporters in Ukraine in February when the invasion had started. And it, obviously, I don't expect you to uh, have memorised the entire back catalogue of Vice World News TikTok content, but it would be good to get a gauge of, of what the biggest videos that the outlet has had on TikTok uh, over the last few months. Yeah, so sitting kind of in those in those top most viewed videos will be a lot of our coverage from Ukraine or on the Ukraine-Russia situation. And a lot of them will be our early videos where one of our colleagues, Matthew Castle, he was in Ukraine and he was covering videos for us on the ground, explaining what the situation was like. And this was all at a time where for people outside, I guess, of Ukraine, the story, the new story was very new and everyone was trying to get their heads around what was happening. And for younger audiences specifically seeing stuff on social media it's quite an influx of information some of our most viewed videos around the russia ukraine war has hit over 10 million views one of the ones that has done the really well has over 20 million views and then we've had a couple of explainers uh, that have hit the millions of views as well so for example the one that i mentioned earlier so my explainer on why russia hates nato that's over 15 million views the um, Sidhu Musewala explainer that I also mentioned earlier, that's over 2 million views. And then we've had a couple of others that have gotten close to a million and have, you know, performed really well in terms of engagement and views and comments and shares. One of them was a first person story of somebody in Shanghai during the lockdown explaining what her life was like, what she was going through. That's over the 600,000 viewpoint. And then we had an explainer from our colleagues in Asia on North Korea and how as a country they went from zero COVID cases to almost 2 million cases in a week. That explainer is almost around 800,000 views. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of videos that we've got on our page that have around the 1 million, if not a lot higher, that are the most well-performing. And hearing that kind of content, it strikes me how global it is. Is one of the advantages being on TikTok for something like Vice World News that there isn't really a limit on the types of topics you can cover that borders don't restrict what you can do videos on? Well, it's a trend that I've been noticing personally for the last couple of years, just the demand for kind of non-US, non-UK focused stories. Audiences around the world, they want to see what's happening in their country represented in mainstream media, in the more well-known news organisations coverage. And so that's something that I focus on personally that something as a team at Vice World News we try to do is tell those stories in the different pockets of the world that possibly feel underrepresented in mainstream media, tell their stories, explain the protests that are happening in their countries or the politics that's happening and reaching audiences in that way. Because, you know, <laughs> globally, there's, there is such a high demand. And on social media, everybody feels closer in space, even if the distance is really far away. So Indian communities in Canada and the UK were drawn towards our explainer on Sidhu Musawala's death, that it was an Indian-focused story, but you've got diaspora communities that also want to hear about it. So yeah, I think the world itself is getting smaller and everyone feels more connected through social media. So there's more importance to tell those stories from around the world. It was really interesting hearing you talk about trial and error and testing. How important is it to, if you're a you know publisher like Vice or, or any others, trying to get traction on TikTok? How important is it 
to give teams time to just work out what works, right? To test, trial, and sometimes fail while working out what content suits them and their audience. Arguably, trial and error is the most important part of the process. We as journalists might have an idea of what we think is going to work on a platform, but until it's published and it goes out and you see the reaction that audiences have, you don't truly know. And with social media, features change constantly. The platforms change so regularly that you've got to keep up and you have to keep trying new things. And whether that means trying a new style of voiceover or trying a new way of overlaying text or new title styles or new thumbnails, it is really important to figure out what your page's audience are drawn to and what makes the most sense. What's really interesting is obviously we've been talking about how much more news content there is on TikTok. We've talked about how more publishers are taking it seriously. But it can't be ignored that many still don't think TikTok is a place for hard news. One of Vice's own staff, Sophia Smith-Gaylor, has been very open about how the BBC was quite dismissive of her TikTok advocacy. Do you think that a lot of news outlets still don't understand the value TikTok can have in terms of reaching a younger audience? And what do you think are the biggest things that they get wrong about the app itself? Yeah, I think a lot of news outlets are still scared, which is why the amount of news pages that are on TikTok are still quite limited. And I like what I would say to a lot of news organizations that are maybe on the fence about it is to just try and go for it. The world just moves so quickly and social media just moves so quickly that if you don't just go for it and try, there's a possibility of missing out on those audiences that are really demanding trusted news stories and engaging in an audience and a generation that isn't coming to other platforms that do want their news to be told to them on socials. So one of the biggest errors that I think I see other news platforms doing is just repackaging something that has already gone out on TV and just turning it into a vertical format and putting it out on social media, not necessarily just TikTok, but all social media. And Instagram works different to Snapchat, which works different to TikTok. So audiences can tell if something is a TV produced package that is just being put out on on these on social media platforms it's really obvious to to see that the mindset needs to be more focused specifically to the audiences on the specific platform totally and I I guess we've covered so many of them already so do tell me if we've if we've run dry but it'd be good to get you know from the horse's mouth what other tips you have for news publishers maybe considering entering TikTok what advice would you have as someone behind a really successful account? A lot a lot of what TikTok is about is just having that experimentative mindset or thinking creatively. Like when you see it in trend, trending styles and trending videos on the platform or transitions that are new or new sounds and new songs that are really picking up, it's all this, it's all about the creativity. The only way to, to creatively try things out is by knowing what's already on the platform, what you can see is really popular, what you think could be adapted for news content. So being experimentative and creative is really important, but the only way you can do that is by consuming content from TikTok itself because there's no point trying things out creatively, but it not being adaptable for TikTok. The other tip that I would have for specifically for kind of news content, it would be, I try to talk to the audience. I want to make sure that my tone is chatty and informal. And that's very different to, I think, what some journalists are taught when they're reporting for radio or for TV or even online these days. I think it is interesting that the tone of voice almost is one that 
I think many news and radio broadcasters might struggle the most with adapting to in mm-hmm. some way. Yeah. So there's kind of one question that remains over TikTok. Unlike a lot of social media platforms where there's ad revenue and there's an obvious win for getting virality on there, say somewhere like YouTube, you know, there isn't like a direct financial return to say being on, on TikTok. I, so I guess it'd be good to know what Vice wants long-term from being on the app. Is it just about upping engagement with a kind of harder to reach young audience? I'm probably the worst person to answer this question to because I don't know anything about the financial side of it or the management side of it. I can only really talk editorially. But in terms of brand recognition, the platform is still super, super important because I I mean, I've had personal DMs and messages from people who I haven't spoken to in years or people who are friends of friends or family friends who don't necessarily know that I work for Vice World News on TikTok, but they've come across my videos or they've come across Vice World News on TikTok and have then reached out to me. So in terms of brand awareness, the platform is extremely important in just having your news outlet's name be more recognisable for different audiences. And particularly an audience that at this point, you, you had a pound for every time someone said young people are turning off from news, right? Like you, you'd be a millionaire. So, I mean, is that part of it as well? That the audience on TikTok is that using a cliche here, right? But hard to reach young audience who you'll be able to get engaged with your content. Yeah, it's hard to reach audiences in other parts of the world, but it's also audiences that are, are young. I mean, I yeah. personally don't really watch well, don't really. I probably never watch TV news channels. I will never turn my TV on and just go to a traditional news channel to watch it. And even with online, it's very rare that I will typically type into my browser a specific news website to read their their articles. It's the news stories that I come across personally outside of my journalism is when I'm scrolling through Instagram or TikTok or I'm on YouTube. So that is just the way. And I hope that newsrooms speak and communicate more to the younger journalists in those newsrooms because by knowing their habits, they'll have a much better insight into the more wider habits of younger audiences. That was great. Great to hear from Nabir. I'm not sure whether we're going to be charging out to TikTok yet on Press Gazette, but I think there are lots of probably consumer publishers should should think about it by, by the sounds of things. I think even... Yeah, I'm not sure whether the B2B world's quite ready for TikTok yet. I'm not sure. What what do you think was the big take-home from that in terms of how publishers can do TikTok well? Well, I think what really fascinated me was Nabiya saying that maybe the most important thing you can do is experiment. I think the idea that a lot of outlets will will try some TikTok content, see that they've not had success and kind of abandon all hopes of ever getting traction with, with this young audience, right? But it's worth remembering that, you know, it's an app that's largely made up of 50% of 18 to 29 year olds regularly access it. So I I think the kind of question has to be, well, this is an audience you need to access. How do we do this well? TikTok allows for news content. How do we do it properly? And so hearing about how you need to tailor content to make it actually work and making sure that you're not just repurposing video footage from, you know, TV or uh, other social video is kind of fascinating. And I think the sheer diversity of content you're able to do and succeed with kind of blows away these arguments that have been made in recent years that it's just for silly news or it's just a, an app for dancing you know this is is a watershed moment and i i'm excited to see what's to come i guess final point there's always a danger of these things that you end up making more money for tiktok but not necessarily doing anything for yourself you know is there 
is there definitely a point of being on there? Because it's not, you don't directly get clicks, do you, in the same way that you would from, say, Twitter or Facebook? Yeah, it's definitely true. There's no hardcore direct monetization on TikTok, not, not, not for publishers. Currently, though, there's talk about what may change because TikTok is constantly changing the way its platform works. feels like every five minutes. I think what's worth acknowledging is, I mean, if you look at the content at Vice, it is a very small team, a handful of people who don't, uh, only to be here is kind of exclusively working on TikTok. The rest work, work across different platforms. And yet the sheer amount of content and engagement they're able to produce with that level of, of investment is a testament to the fact that actually the brand recognition you could get alone is worthwhile. The question is, should you be dedicating entire teams to it? Well, I don't know where the revenue would come there. But it's something that definitely is worth considering if you want to build up a brand and get engagement from an audience that may not be reading your uh, online content in any other way otherwise. And I guess it all remains to be seen where this goes in future. But for now, there's definitely value in, in dedicating some resources and trying to get TikTok right. TikTok, worth a punt. Brilliant. Thanks, Andrew. You've been listening to The Future of Media Explained with me, Dominic Ponsford, and reporter Andrew Kersley, with some great insight there also from this week's guest, Nabia Parker of Vice World News. Thanks to our producer, Adrian Bradley. Please subscribe to us where we get your podcasts and leave us a nice review. You'll find out more on pressgazette.co.uk. Listener.